Hello and welcome to 50 Years of Hurt, a Euro 2016 podcast, with better fact dissemination and balanced debate than an EU referendum. I'm Richard Carey and this episode will be recapping the action for the last couple of days of the Euros and I'm fresh back from France and I'll be sharing my experiences with you of the tournament firsthand. Coming up, is football coming home or going away? Or are we actually not sure yet? Will we be with or without Wales in the round of 16? And find out how crazy is a match between Romania and Albania. We'll start with Group B. Despite a bit of a slip up in the first game, England are sitting pretty at the top of Group B with four points. A draw would be enough to get them through to the next round. Would they make it over the line or fall at the last hurdle? So it was a Vardy shot from across at quite an angle, which went over the bar in five minutes. Perkowski had a shot, went, went over the bar in seven minutes. Vardy headed it to Sturridge, and Pekarit challenged to stop the chance on eight minutes. Lalana had a shot with his left foot from the edge of the area. It was a good chance, but it, uh, the keeper saved on 13. A hamstick shot, a sort of shot cross, went wide on 14 minutes. Henderson was in space after a cross from Lalana, but it was blocked and out for a corner. So ball through from Henderson. Vardy took a shot but was straight at the keeper on 16 minutes. Henderson crossed and then it was palmed away by the keeper on 29 minutes. It was a Klein cross into the Lalana but it was a decent save by the keeper. It's probably the best chance of the game on 32 minutes. In the second half Robert Mack had a shot with his right foot but was saved in the centre of the goal on 53 minutes. Then Nathaniel Klein had a footed a right foot shot from a different angle but saved on the bottom right corner. Gary Cahill had a header from the centre of the box but it missed on 54 minutes. Eric Dyer had a shot from more than 35 yards out but it missed to the right on 62. Wayne Rooney had a right footed shot from outside the box which was blocked on 75 minutes. Lots more attempts blocked. A Gary Cahill header from the middle of the box was also blocked. Another Gary Cahill header was blocked. Dele had a right foot shot which was also blocked after assist from Wayne Rooney. And Harry Kane on 83 minutes right foot shot from outside the box was also blocked. And the match ended uh, Slovakia nil, England nil. The headlines are that England are through to the next round, but there is a little bit of a problem with that, which we'll be talking about when we get onto the Wales game next. Very disappointing for England. There's apparently a stat going around that they've had 52 attempts on target over the course of the uh, tournament and only have scored three goals. Not a great conversion rate, but they do seem to have a lot of attacking force and they are playing really well. They're just It's just not getting in the back of the net. This match actually showed England's strength of depth. They could play, you know, there's two sub full backs and they seem to do as well as, as a first choice. You know, Harry Kane could come off of the bench. They had that kind of strength in depth. So they have a number of, of options, but it's just putting it in the net is, is becoming a problem. And hopefully if England continue to play this way, they will start scoring goals. That's a really important thing going forward. As for Slovakia, they really just parked the bus and played so negative tactics in this match. One thing people have been saying is because teams can qualify as a best third place team, they're playing negative tactics just to try and get through the next round and make it in their third place. And you could tell Slovakia didn't want any more than this. I kind of think they were coached by Donald Trump or something because they seemed to build a wall around the six-yard box and uh, park the bus... But quite effectively, and I have to say, I thought Martin Skirtle was the man of the match. He played really well and made a really good clearance off the line. 
Slovakia will probably be through. Four points is probably enough. They're already better than the other third place team that's finished. That's Albania. We'll see if they get through in the next couple of days. In the other final Group B match, Wales took on Russia. With one win already under their belts, the Welsh might have enough to get through as a third-place finisher, but it's probably best for them to not risk it. How would they do against a Russian side with a tendency for late goals? So immediately a chance for Wales. Gareth Bale had a left-footed shot from outside the box, which was saved. Then on 11 minutes, Aaron Ramsey had a right-footed shot into the back of the net after an assist from Joe Allen, 1-0 to Wales. Immediately, Russia had an attempt back. Kokorin right, had a right-foot shot from outside the box, but it missed to the right on 12. Then on 20 minutes, Wales extended their lead with Neil Taylor. He did a left-footed shot, went into the bottom-left corner. It's his first goal since uh, he was at Wrexham in 2010. It's a very rare occasion that he scores. Uh, so well done to Neil Taylor. Sam Vokes had a header inside the box, but it was saved on the bottom-left corner. In 26 minutes, another Sam Vokes chance, this time a right foot shot, which was saved in the centre of the goal. Taylor passed it through to Bale, whose left foot shot couldn't get into the net on 40 minutes. And at half time, it was Russia nil, Wales 2. In the second half, Gareth Bale had a shot from a wide angle, but it was saved in the bottom right corner. Bale had a free kick chance on 58 minutes, but it was high and wide. And then Gareth Bale put it in the back of the net into the right-hand corner after a pass-through from Ramsey on 67 minutes. It's his third goal of the tournament, making him the, currently the top scorer in Euro 2016. Ignacevic had a chance for Russia from the outside of the box, but it was high and wide after a free kick. Another chance for Russia, Dzuba had a right-foot shot from very close in, but again it missed the target, and it ended Russia nil, Wales free. So with that result, it means Wales won the group with six points. Uh, England came second with five points. Slovakia uh, await the rest of the third place teams with four points. And Russia are out of the tournament with just one point. So great result for Wales. Great performance by Wales. And they've got a very favourable draw now. In the second round, they will play a third-place team. Which one? We're not sure yet. That will depend on which third-place teams get through to the next round. But thoroughly deserved from the Welsh, uh, Gareth Bale has been on fire in terms of scoring. In fact, if England had Gareth Bale, they'd be doing a lot better right now. And although they lost to England, they've kind of won the war a little bit. we lost the battle because they've won the group uh, so that's something for the Welsh to brag about over the English. As for England, though, they finished second and they will play the runner-up of Group F. That's the group that's got Portugal in, Iceland, Hungary and Austria. So it's, there's a chance we could get a repeat of the England-Portugal match that, that happened. There was the England-Portugal match in the quarterfinals of Euro 2004 and in the quarterfinals of World Cup 2006, and England lost on both of those occasions. So let's hope that doesn't happen for a third time. 
but I could, I'm a bit worried I could see that happening. I think the problem with England's goal scoring problems is that if they don't score, I can see a team just parking a bus against them, playing out 90 minutes, playing out 120 minutes, and then eventually winning against England on penalties, which is always the English's Achilles heel. On to Group A, and we start the Stade Lyon in a match I was in attendance for, Romania versus Albania. Despite some impressive performances, Albania have failed to pick up any points thus far, whilst the Romanians only had one point on the board. Therefore, it was a must-win game for both sides if they hope to qualify. Right, uh, so let's talk about a few of my experiences from the game, because I think that's probably more interesting than me uh, just running through the game in this situation. I got to the stadium quite early, in fairness, uh, probably about an hour and a half early, because I was kind of bored. Before I got into the stadium, there was quite a lot of Albanian fans uh, cheering and saying how good the team was. There was sort of like a marching band or or something like that. There was a band playing as we were going into the stadium. In the stadium, I, I felt like the whole of Albania turned up, because three quarters of the stadium was full of Albanian fans and there was one side Romanian. So I was actually in the Albania end. I had better seats for this game than I had for the Ukraine-Northern Ireland game because in the Ukraine-Northern Ireland game I was in the sort of the top tier in the corner. Was This time I was on the lower tier and could have a, had a really good view, at least of one side of the pitch. But at the same time, it was kind of a very intense experience for me, I would say. So the match kicks off, and literally in the first two minutes, two flares go off in the Romanian end. So you just hear this massive bang, and, you know, we're in France. There's quite a lot of stuff that's happened in France before, you know, especially with terrorism stuff. You do panic if you hear a big bang. Uh, But it was just a, a flare gun going off, and there was a flare in the Romanian end, and literally like a, like the security put it out, and literally like a minute later they had another one going, but it was high, they were hiding it behind a sign, but obviously security worked out, it was a flare, and it stopped that. Also, the Albanians have a weird chant. It seems like they really like the NHS or something, because they just go, GP, GP, GP. So I don't know what the big thing about uh, GPs is, but... The, they, they love them for some reason. And in the first half, Albania took the lead around the half-hour mark. And it all went crazy in the stadium. Again, more flares. Uh, I just saw this massive bang as soon as as soon as the goal went in. It was an Albanian on the Albanian side. They set off another flare. And then Romania set off a flare and actually threw it on the pitch. So there was a, there was a flare on the pitch on the other end of the pitch where I was, uh, but the, the, the Albanian flare was in the, like, the top tier, and obviously people put it out and everything. So at half-time, it was, on, on the flare count, it was uh, Romania 3, Albania 1. On the score, it was Romania 0, Albania 1. They had this announcement, basically security announcement, to say don't throw objects on the pitch, uh, don't light flares. But it was kind of like they were warning fans... If they did it again, they'd be escorted or prosecuted. Like, I think you should have zero tolerance for these things, really. Like, someone's got a flair which could injure somebody. You know, you've told them quite clearly, don't bring it to a football match. They brought it to a football match. You don't give them any excuses. It's a zero tolerance policy. If anyone lights a flare, kick him out of the stadium. It's that damn simple. 
Like, don't, there's no discussion about it. There's no nothing. You just get rid of them. Get them out of the stadium. That's that's just my opinion and what I think. From what I could see in the second half, there wasn't any flare problems. There was a few bangs, but they were all unrelated to flares, as far as I could see. It's quite interesting how in the last sort of games, actually, the less highlighted game is the more interested game. Interesting game because we'll talk about France and Switzerland a, a bit later, but. Like the Wales Russia game was more interesting in Group B, and this one was more interesting in Group A. Uh, after you know we got over all the all the sort of flare stuff, and I was I calmed down a bit from my security worries, uh, I did start to enjoy the game. I think it was it was a really great, it was a really massive sort of big atmosphere, especially from the Albanian fans who were so so loud. I thought Northern Irish fans were loud, but Albanian fans blew that away so so passionate all day sunday we had uh people like so albanians sort of sticking their heads out of cars honking their horns uh we had, we had they've all got these kind of uh if you've ever seen the movie cone heads they've got this kind of like thing that looks like a extension of their forehead that's a bit weird i have to say but it's some sort of albanian cultural thing as well even like at one in the morning after the match, they were still honking their horns, keeping me up when I had to get up at five the next next morning. There was a lot going on, really, really passionate fans, and they really support their team. And I guess it's really good for them that they've come out to Leon and their team has won. Yeah, it was just a, it was quite crazy, really. But it was it was it was a it, I felt very alive watching that match, which is probably a good thing. Like I say, well, well, we have to say well done to Albania. You know, it's their first tournament ever. They've got a win to their name. No one could take that away from them. They may even qualify. And that, as one of my sweepstakes teams, sweepstakes team, I should say, uh, I do hope that they do qualify. So on to the other Group A match, and with two wins out of two, France have already secured qualification. As for Switzerland, a draw will be enough to ensure their place in the last 16. Would they join France in the knockout stages? So a few things of interest happened in this match. There was a few good shots by Pogba, the two of them were saved by the keeper, and one hit the bar. And then Pogba sort of had a, a piggyback ride on, on one of the Swiss players, which they're calling a Poggy back. In the second half, Griezmann had a shot which was saved. Payet hit the bar for cross, and there was a Swiss penalty shout. Which um, there was a bit of shirt pulling by the French, and maybe it should have been a penalty. One of the big things that's been talked about the game is there's a lot of uh, ripped shirts. So the Swiss players' shirts were getting ripped, and Ziaka had to have uh, three different shirts to, to in order to finish the game. And also, at one point, the ball actually burst after it was stamped on by I think one of the Swiss players. And obviously that had to get replaced. But a full time it finished uh, Switzerland nil, France nil, which means both France and Switzerland are through. The table finishes with France on seven points as group winners, uh, Switzerland on five, Albania on three, and Romania on one point. Albania will have to hope that either two teams, two third place teams, get less than three points or have a really bad goal difference and get three points. But yeah, Switzerland did what they needed to do. Uh, France 
slightly worried about who they will start with and whether they've really gotten to gear yet. But at the end of the day, they're still in the tournament and looking okay. And, you know, they've won this group, which is what you want when you go into a group situation. And they've done what they had to do. And they, they've have they had struggled in probably every game. You wonder at this point how well they're going to do, but we'll see. So let's recap the other matches that happened on Saturday. The last match day, two matches. Uh, Belgium beat Republic of Ireland 3-0 in the other Group E match. That leaves uh, Republic of Ireland at the bottom of the table with one point and three, minus three goal difference. Sweden third on minus one goal difference and one point. Belgium second on three points and Italy at the top with six points after their 1-0 win against Sweden. On Friday, uh, Romelu Lukaku scored twice for Belgium, and the other goal was by Witzel. It's very worrying for the for the for the Republic of Irish Republic of Ireland, should I say? Uh, they have quite a mountain to climb now to actually qualify. It's a must-win game against Italy, and they might need a few. Uh, although I think four points will probably be just about enough, even with bad goal difference. <gasps> Rindell, go! Let's talk about the two Group F matches. Uh, we had uh, Iceland versus Hungary and Portugal versus Austria. Now, one of the things I did when I was in Lyon was I went to the uh, fan zone, which was at Belcourt, and it was a very fun experience. We got to do all sorts of things, like play weird games. Like There was this weird goalkeeping game that was really hard and much harder than actual goalkeeping, which I thought would probably be better to just be an actual goalkeeper. They had volleyball on the go, five-side football, human futsal or human uh, table football. That was a bit crazy. I didn't take part in those sort of things. I got I got my uh, face on a Panini-style sticker for those, uh, you know, for those um, sticker books that everyone collects around the Euros or for the Premier League. So that was really cool. Anyway, the point why I'm talking about that is because. On Saturday night, there were a lot of Portugal fans in attendance for the Portugal versus Austria game. Uh, and It was really quite interesting watching them. They were quite disappointed because it ended nil-nil. But there's a couple of talking points, especially about Cristiano Ronaldo. So Portugal got a penalty. Everybody got their phones out thinking, oh, Ronaldo's going to score, this is going to be great. We're going to catch this on film. And he hits the post. <laughs> <laughs> and the groan it was it was quite satisfying because I'm not a big Portugal fan mainly because they keep they had a they used to have a habit of beating England a lot and then what happened shortly afterwards uh, there was a header by Ronaldo which went in the back of the net which I thought was a definite goal and then they say it's offside and on the replay, it showed it was offside, and you know all the fans were going crazy, and then they were kind of disappointed when they found out it was a disallowed goal. Austria defended this game well. Interest. It was weird though. They brought off David Alaba with about half an hour to go, although he's supposed to be their best player. Again, it might be a sign of people using negative tactics to try and get through here, and maybe uh, maybe uh, Austria was saying, "Okay, a draw against Portugal is enough. Maybe we can beat Iceland. We'll draw against Portugal." You know, I just think this shows that Portugal overrated and Ronaldo 
is not on good form. It seems like if you've seen that Nike advert where he switches places with the kid, I wonder if it's a documentary because it just seems like he's not bringing it at the Euros. And I think this has always been a thing of Ronaldo. He's always played better for his club than he has internationally. And he's kind of their only hope, really, for Portugal. So if he's not playing well, they're kind of screwed. And I think they're kind of screwed. The last match will be against Hungary, who are the current leaders of the group. And they need at least a point might be enough to get them through, depending on the other results, but will probably make them end up in a third place. Like I say, in the other uh, Group F match, Iceland it was Iceland won, Hungary won. Uh, Iceland were actually in front for a lot of the time, although they didn't have a lot of the possession. And uh, there was a late equaliser for Hungary to snatch a point which is probably deserved, uh, although Iceland would have loved to win that match and that would have put them at the top of the group. At the moment in Group F, Hungary are first with four points, Iceland second with two points, Portugal third with two points, and Iceland and Portugal have the same goal difference. I think the only thing separating them at the minute, I think it's, I think it's an extra goal for Iceland because they scored one. Yeah, because they scored one in this game. And Austria are bottom currently with one point. It leaves the matches, the last matches will be uh, Austria versus Iceland and Hungary versus Portugal. Hungary only need a draw to qualify. Iceland should qualify with a draw, but it depends what kind of draw. Portugal need a win to definitely qualify. A draw might be enough. And Austria, well, they have to win really. I can't see him going for it with two points. And obviously in Group F, the the teams will know whether they what they need if they want to qualify as a f- third place finisher, as opposed to the others who have sort of had to do the best they can and hope that they'd finish in the top four. Well, that's it for episode five of Fifty Years of Hurt. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at fifty y o h pod on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash fifty years of hurt. And we're available on iTunes. Remember to leave a rating or review there. And also find us on TuneIn. In our next episode, it's all over in the group stages. Find out which teams are going through. We're getting our calculators out to work out which third place teams are through. And what the round of 16 looks like. Join us then. And to sing us out, here's the Northern Irish fans singing Sweet Caroline before their game against the Ukraine. Goodbye. (laughs) 